1928, the U.S. government raided the coastal town of Innsmouth, Massachusetts. The horrors discovered in this raid brought to light existential threats, not just to America, but to humanity itself. The network that rose to fight the darkness changed and evolved over time rising and falling in ascendancy with those in power. Today, the group is known as Delta Green, a ragtag bunch of individuals loosely organized themselves, dedicated to stopping the rising darkness. Low on time, resources, and manpower, members of Delta Green must work in anonymity to protect society from the horrors that lurk beneath and the darkness that lurks above. Members of K-Cell is an actual play podcast about the lives of some of the heroes that rage against the dying of the light. The handler is played by Jeremy Cush. The players are his wife, Tabitha, and his brother, Jonathan. So, John, this is your first time playing Delta Green? That is correct. But you've played Call of Cthulhu before, right? I have played Call of Cthulhu, but that was in 2006. So you're a little on the rusty side is what you're saying. (laughs) I did say words that would suggest that. So I read through the manual for Delta Green and I worked up a character. I don't know too much. I was kind of watching you while you are making your character because I happened to be on at the same time. Real creepy, Jeremy. Yeah, I'm I'm real creepy. He's, his natural state. It's fine. <laughs> I'm a creep. <laughs> Basic idea for how Delta Green is going to work mechanically is I'll ask you to do tests if you want to do certain things. And you got to roll your D100 and try to get less than your skill or your stat times five. There might be bonuses or penalties depending on what's going on. If you roll equal to or less than, then you succeed. If you roll above it, it's a failure. Delta Green is an investigative game, so the investigation should never grind to a halt just because you fail the roll. That's not fun or interesting. If you succeed a roll, you're going to have a better understanding and be better prepared for whatever is going. So there are little check boxes next to your skills. Whenever you use a skill and fail, you'll give yourself a check mark. And then at the end of the session, that skill will go up by one. We got Cindy Sharper and Esme Thatcher. Oh, sorry. It's actually pronounced Cindy Sharper. (laughs) Cindy Sharper. Cindy Sharper. Cindy Sharper. (laughs) that's what you're saying cindy sharper no i know what i'm saying who knows what you're saying (laughs) you tell me so john you're playing cindy sharper so tell us a little bit about cindy sharper what's the time period present day present time right you said it was cthulhu button present time so for whatever reason i interpreted that as the 70s and 80s anyway <laughs> uh, that doesn't really change too much so cindy sharper she is still relatively young i put her in her like mid-30s this story actually exists now that i that, that it's in present day as opposed to me having to weirdly back into it so she's been really interested in robotic ethic trying to think of ways to train robots to make ethical decisions. So that's what she studied when she was getting her her PhD. So she's a scientist. And then for a few years, she sort of worked at a Rhode Island School of Design in Providence, Rhode Island. And she would talk to people about, oh, how it's important to think about your robots and whether or not they can make ethical decisions. So she'd do some minor consulting with self-driving cars and stuff. So at one point, she gets brought in to do some observational work on this robot that's going to be used for underground mining. And one of the things about it was it was going to be able to um, do a lot of mining itself without observation. She goes down into a mine somewhere in Connecticut, and it's going to be doing a, a test run. And at some point during that day, she blacks out. And when she wakes up, everyone around her has been dismembered by mining robot, she assumes, and the robot itself is gone. She gets questioned or saved or whatever by Delta Green. One thing that she doesn't mention to them is that this particular robot was actually wetware. It had some sort of organic 
brain that was being used to circumvent some of the problems the current self-driving types of technology have. She thinks, based on sort of what she can vaguely recollect and what she saw when she woke up, that maybe this brain-machine hybrid came under some sort of evil influence. And that's what caused it to sort of go out of control and drill down and toward the center of the earth. So I'm not sure if she would mention that necessarily to Delta Green. It was a pretty frightening experience. I'm guessing she probably didn't stay as a professor at RISD after that. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a career problem that you might not be able to walk away from unscathed. I'm sure there's definitely fallout. I could definitely see her losing her position. So what's she doing now? So I, I thought at first that she would just be working for Delta Green, but you said that's not an option, right? Delta Green is a conspiracy within the U.S. government. You are both playing agents of Delta Green, but you lead normal lives, normal in quotation marks. Every now and again, as you're going to see, you... Well, in fact, let's just go ahead and see it. (laughs) You both wake up one morning with a voicemail message on your cell phones. The voicemail message simply says, you're formally invited... And then it gives out a string of numbers that you interpret uh, as the coordinates for a hotel in Asheville, as well as a time, 2 p.m. tomorrow. You know from previous experience that this is a reassignment. You need to be at that hotel by two tomorrow. I don't think either of you work for the government, correct? No. I'm going to say I work for a self-driving startup. That means it's up to you to figure out how you're going to get from wherever you are to Asheville by 2 p.m. tomorrow. You got more than 24 hours to do it, which is actually a nice lead time. The phone number that it came from, you know that it's some encrypted source, a burner phone probably so that it can't be traced back. Well, I'm going to convince my boss to let me take one of the self-driving vehicles out to drive to Asheville to get some data on highway driving. Where exactly is the startup located? Where's Tabitha's character? I don't think I build on a location. I'm going to make it easy on myself and make it like Charlotte. Charlotte wouldn't be a bad choice because there's a lot of tech startups in that area. A dubious look, but okay. Charlotte and Greensboro and that Tri-City area. There's a lot of... There is. I think Jeremy is right about that. You know, but please continue looking <laughs> at him, however you're looking at him. I, <laughs> I'll go ahead and just say that... I'm going to say New Haven, Connecticut, just for the heck of it. Jeremy, Jeremy, you are thinking of Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill. Yeah, that area. Googled it. <laughs> So let's say that Cindy works in New Haven and we got to get to Asheville. That that's quite a drive. I mean, I could I could put it in yeah, it's a 12-hour drive. I could put my character in Pittsburgh, I mean, cuz I know that there are self-driving several self-driving companies there. And I know the that's city. Fine. It's a slightly shorter drive. I mean, go go with what you know. Uh, okay. Uh, but she works at Uber in Pittsburgh. So she tries to convince somebody to let her borrow a car. I'd say that you can probably do that. Well, your charisma's just a 10. We'll go for it. You got... No, you don't have good bureaucracy. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. And, like, (laughs) my character is kind of weird because, like, she was nearly murdered by a self-driving vehicle, but, like, it's the only job she knows. So, like, she's, Uh. like constantly terrified but oh. i'm gonna assume that she has no video no no car so like this is her only option but you could fly and rent a car uh, sure can i like get reimbursed or whatever you might get reimbursed right, i'd fine. also die yeah i mean <laughs> the reason that people join delta green isn't because it's a fun job or because you make a lot of money doing it it's because you've kind of seen the cracks in reality and you want to protect something. For instance, you have 
a bond with your parents. You have a strong emotional bond with them, and you want to keep the gotcha. Atmoses from taking over all the cars and killing your parents. Gotcha. Let's just say I have a car. I'm just going to drive myself, but because I, I got all my my hacking gear in the car. Yeah. Plus, if you had a prototype self-driving car, I'm sure there's a lot of tracking info in that. And then your boss might be like, why were you driving all over Asheville? Probably, probably a good idea. Probably. I'm getting data, brah. Getting data. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. What are you going to do about the shopping trip that you had with your mom? My mom doesn't live in Pittsburgh. I no, she doesn't live in, in Pittsburgh. From Rhode Island. She lives in Rhode Island. She's traveling all this way to come on a shopping trip with you, and you're just failing. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you going to blow your mom off? No, with my words. With your words? Okay, let's hear those <laughs> words. Okay, so what what's going on? It's my mom visiting. <laughs> you're, you're role-playing. Yeah. You're playing a character. It just so happened that you got this phone call, this message, and you know you're going to have to leave to go to Asheville. But your mom is in town to visit you. What do you do? I did. did I. I don't have to pick up the call, right? You're gonna uh, ghost your mom. From Delta Green was a voicemail message, and you already have that okay. info. Yeah, we can say your mom's calling you. You don't have to pick up her call. You can I just feel like you know, send her the voicemail. Frequently blowing her mother off. She's 37. She's got a life. That is well. Does she? Because your and, only and, bond is with your parents, <laughs> right? But not my mom specifically. Maybe, maybe I I don't want to change that. <laughs> oh, parents. Okay, okay. So my mom. Calls, I pick up. I pick up, and I say, "What? Oh. I have to do my mom too." Hey, Cindy Lulu, I just wanted to know uh, where you wanted to mom. go today. It's not been my name in 20 years. <laughs> uh, sorry, I couldn't hear you. Uh, I've been looking forward to this trip, you know. Uh, I'm flying in now. Gonna be landing in Pittsburgh before too much longer. So, oh, about the oh, about to fly okay. in here from Rhode Island. Right? You get, did you get the direct flight? I sure did. I'll be there by noon. Been one though, Mom. Are you a, are you a real person? <laughs> <laughs> are you an alien? Will you, will you will you help me with the Ticketmaster? So that is, that's not how you get tickets for airplanes, you know, Mom. I've been trying to tell you that. <laughs> well, that, well, that's... when you buy tickets to, to airplane the musical, it doesn't it doesn't get you on a plane. But you keep doing it. <laughs> I just can't take it anymore, Mom. Okay, fine. You're in the pl- you, you obviously got on a real plane this time, right? You're you're up in well, the yes. air. And, well, and I'm not what, in the air. I'm on the up? phone. Is that what you're saying? You want me to come pick you up? <laughs> Why are you calling me from the plane, Mom? There aren't any. I'm, you're not supposed I'm to in do the, that. I'm in the plane's lobby. Oh my god! I'm in the lobby <laughs> before the plane. <laughs> Jeremy, have you ever <laughs> been on the airplane? <laughs> mom, mom, what, what, what's going? Okay, mom, are you, are you, are you in, are you in a connecting airport? Are you halfway to Pittsburgh, but not actually up in a plane? I, I'm still in Rhode Island. I'm about to get on the plane. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, 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 we I, did I, not Google this. I had, I had, I, I'm sorry, mom, but I have a work trip that just, just came up and and uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to go for for the weekend so um you know can we you, why don't we do this to why don't why don't i come out there later okay well i'll, I'll see and if it's the good that you called me before you got on the plane because uh, this just happened I'm, I'm so sorry mom okay i understand i know your work's really important to you i'll see if uh, the and... plane concierge will give me a refund so you have a concierge. <laughs> oh, you know what, Mom? I, let me let me see if I can pull up here. Oh, yeah, I see here. I, you know what? You did buy the insurance. Let me just go in and I'll just say that you got you're having a surgery. How about that? You got okay. you got okay. 
Yeah, I'm just gonna go in. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna say she, you had a surgery. This is the no questions asked travel insurance policy. They're they're gonna now, be the nice TSA man already nope. waved this wand at me. Is that a problem? <laughs> no, no. You just can turn right around. Well, you know what, mom? They're in the Providence Airport because it's international. You can go get some tax free booze. So why don't you go do that and take that there home to daddy? You know, All he right. he really likes that. Um, you know that Del Mar. 14 year and you can't get that except at the airport. So why don't you go, go get him some Dalmore 14. That's the one he likes. And uh, yeah. So see you, you made some use out of uh, your, your trip down to uh, TF green. So uh, yeah. You know, Good that's job, a mom. wonderful idea. Cindy Lulu. I, I love these conversations that we have. They're so good. It's so, so good to hear from you, mom. It's good to hear from you. I hope you have a good trip now. Take care, okay? I, I, I will try. I will try, Mom. Bye-bye. All right. Do, I, do you hang up or do I hang up? I, I always forget. Uh, she she already hung up. That's oh, why she said Is that click. her thing that she already hung up? <laughs> she says click right before she hangs up the phone. So oh, you know okay. Oh, okay. I got it. <laughs> wow. So I was sweating bullets there. So I just wipe off my forehead. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> oof now, but you know, I feel accomplished now a little bit. And I think I probably, since I, I made my mom buy my, my father liquor, does that give me some bonuses? <laughs> <laughs> it does. It gives you loads of brownie points. What about a, right. what about a sister? Does it get me a sister? Does it give you a sister? sister. Uh, um, I mean, you're 37. In nine months, maybe? You need to have that conversation with your mom. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm I'm on my way, right? Yep. You you can now make your preparations and head on your way. So Esme, what are you doing now that you have this voicemail on your phone? Uh, I'm going to um, back to Asheville, I guess. Who's going to watch your cat? Uh, I'm going to text my neighbor. She usually watches our cat when we need a cat service. So I'm going to text her and let her know that the key is where it always is on her keychain because I trust her. I say that in the text and let her know that... What did I name my cat? Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh is no longer on the medications. Oscar will be back on Tuesday, so talk with him, I guess. Who's going to cover your shift at the hospital? My colleague, Hamzi Singh, is always for me because I cover for her. Look at me having, having covers. There you go. <laughs> yeah. See? Got, got all nice sorts of bonds there. Okay, so what do you tell your husband? I text him and say that I am taking a mental health weekend and going to Asheville to check out their therapeutic salt cave. So you texted all of this to these people? <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye, husband. I'm leaving. I prefer to text. They know this. <laughs> All right, so we'll go ahead and get you on the road as well. So y'all are able to make it to Asheville perfectly fine. You make it to uh, what's a good hotel for my this? mom? Make it make it home fine. Does she make it home? Yeah, but she was one bottle of liquor less. Um, how'd that happen? Oh, she she drank a bottle of liquor. A whole <laughs> bottle by herself on yeah, the way home. She she was in the Uber. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. She got that Uber. Jesus. She needs to go to some. I guess if I work at Uber, I could probably give her like free like rides. <laughs> so maybe that's just her, her hobby now. Just rides around in Ubers drinking because she can. <laughs> She's so lonely. Yeah. Maybe both my parents do that. Maybe that's why. Maybe I'm worried about the hotel that y'all stay at. Are you Googling this time? Is the uh, <laughs> yeah, specific. It's actually not in Asheville proper. It's south of Asheville in a town called Hendersonville. Really? This is where mom and dad stayed. It's a skeevy looking. <laughs> is it the best Western they stayed at? Yeah, I think it's the best Western. Right, if that's the best Western, so I shudder to see the worst one. So yeah, it's the best Western there in Hendersonville. It's this kind of, it might have been nice about 
30 years ago, but it's kind of run down now. There's a Mexican restaurant. That's the best thing it has going for it is the Mexican restaurant in the hotel lobby. The pavement's cracked. There's little bits of grass sticking out through the pavement. Did you both get hotel rooms uh, here, or did you want to stay at a different place and then just meet up here tomorrow? I'm going to say that Esme shares my horror of bedbugs. Having looked at the reviews of that Best Western, decided to stay well away from it and got a Airbnb somewhere. I also was going to go for an Airbnb. <laughs> See where I'm going to stay. I'm staying at, ooh, yes, Hope's Journey, which is near Hendersonville's famed wineries, apparently. That sounds like a good place for me. <laughs> How does this Best Western have four stars? <laughs> That's a very good question. So around two the next day, you gather in a meeting room at the Best Western. Inside is a woman. She's got dark skin, well-groomed hair, and a business suit. This is your handler. You've met her a few times before, but you only know her by Karen. So, so the name is Karen? Karen, with a K. Okay. For whatever weird reason, every time I heard you guys saying it, it all, it kept cutting out. So I was like, are you guys self-censoring or something? <laughs> redacting, redacted, redacted. <laughs> Please continue. You are part of KSL, so you can have names that you know each other by, right? And your real names to be more professional. It should be a name that doesn't sound weird to hear each other say as part a member of KSL you're going to have a name that begins with K. Well, I think I'm going to be Karen. <laughs> Me There's too. There's already a Karen. Yeah, I will I'll be Karen. I, I'll be Karen too. I'm going to be Karen T-O-O. So you're going to introduce yourself as Karen 2. Agent Karen 2. Karen 2, T-O-O. I'm, I'm Karen with two N's. <laughs> ah, Karen, yes, Karen, Karen. Karen. No, I'll, I'll actually be Christopher. Christopher. Christopher Christopher. So we got Agent Christopher. Christopher Christopher. <laughs> Chrissy. Agent Chrissy. Oh, that's what my mom calls me. <laughs> no. Christopher mother. Your mom kills. <laughs> Why does your mother know your Delta Green code name? Doesn't, but if she did, she would call me Chrissy. Chrissy Lulu. <laughs> well, don't bring that up. <laughs> Esme, do you have a name you want to know? I already said I'm Karen with two N's. <laughs> Fine, I'll be. Uh, I think of any other cleaning. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I'll be Kim, sure. So we got Agent Kim and Agent Christopher. Agent Karen says, Agent Kim, Agent Christopher, thank you for coming out on such short notice. We appreciate your dedication to the cause. She passes a small envelope to each of you that has slightly less cash in it than it took for you to travel here. She says, A former agent unfortunately recently passed. His name was Clyde Boffman. His family has been notified and we expect them to arrive within 48 hours. Clyde was a member of the group for decades. We need you to proceed to his apartment and go through his possessions and ensure there is no evidence for his heirs to find. If you find any signs that Boffman violated Delta Green security, make sure to report them. We'll meet in this same conference room 48 hours from now. Please have a report on what you find. Make sure to involve no one else in this operation. As always, if you see any sign or threat of the unnatural, make sure to take care of it and make sure it doesn't happen again. We don't think there's anything untoward happening in his apartment. We just need to make sure that there's no evidence of our activities. If we do find evidence of the activities, bring it to you or bury it under six feet of hot soil, or what do we do? If you find anything, please collect it and bring it back when you make your report. She passes you a number on a little index card. She says, you can reach me at this number. I'm here to provide you any logistical support, but it's your responsibility to take care of this. She also has a report 
that she hands you guys in the manila envelope. Summary of a report on Clyde Boffman. Date of birth, March 28th, 1945. Family, wife, Marlene. August 20th, 1948 to November 2nd, 2002. Daughter, Sharon. September 12th, 1967. Son, Michael. July 28th, 1974. Occupation. Bureau of Internal Revenue, later IRS, June 11th, 1965 to September 1st, 1999. Retired as Assistant Deputy Commissioner for Operational Support. Affiliation. Active with group from 1967 to 1970. Taking part in 11 operations. Details unavailable. Numerous consultations with the specialty in taxation and property confiscations. No current association with group. Attached to the file is a key. He's been out of the game for a while. Yes, he has been out of the game for a while. If I find like any computer evidence or whatever, my orders are to collect it and bring it back, not destroy it. Yeah, that's what your orders are. Just the Boffman's apartment, check through his things, and make sure that there's no evidence left behind for his heirs to find when they're going through the things. What if they get back early? And you'll have to deal with that, won't you? Deal with how? <laughs> I make like a little finger gun. I'm like, is this what you're talking about? Is preferably not killing them? No, that's not what I'm talking about. No. All right. You shouldn't be letting it get to that point. Will do. No promises. I, t- I turn to Esme and I shrug. I'm like, gotta find out, right? <laughs> you gotta find out if it's okay to kill people. No, you do not have a license to kill. Well, I guess, Esme, you're a physician, right? Do we know each other? No, not personally. Hi, my name's Cindy. I'm gonna go by Christopher Christopher. <laughs> did you laugh in my face just now? That's my real name. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Oh, you have a funny name. Anyways, <laughs> we've probably worked together on previous assignments, maybe? Yeah, this isn't your first assignment together. How's Gil- Gilgarash? How's Gilgarash? Do about my cat. Uh, Gilgarash, right? That's your cat, right? Way to yes and that, Tabitha. I don't I don't know of any Gilgarash. My cat, Gilgamesh. Oh, oh, I knew it was something like that. I just, you know, cats are always uh-huh. having rashes. Da, da, da. I think you're doing cats wrong. That's how internet cats. You shouldn't have cats. I, I don't have any cats. <laughs> I mean, God, no one would trust me with cats. They really <laughs> trust me with computers. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, that, that, that's what all the internet cats tell me. Internet cats tell you they have rations? Yeah. Ain't none of us clean in this world, right? <laughs> and we're moving right along, sailing right past the part where you explain that. I have his address? Uh, yes, you have the address to his apartment. Have you eaten breakfast yet? It's 2 p.m., so you tell me. Let's say I ate breakfast. <laughs> Probably lunch. Well, I'll say lunch beforehand. It's, that's a good thing to eat. So we head to his place, I guess, in separate vehicles. Boffman's apartment, it's kind of a inconspicuous apartment building in kind of a rundown neighborhood. A jarring example of early 1960s design. It's like blocky and drab. It doesn't have like a gatehouse or anything. There's a parking lot in front of it with a handful of cars parked there. If there's an office for this apartment complex, it looks like it's off-site. It looks like it's just a bunch of apartments. I walk up to the apartment that's Hoffman's. And y'all traveled separately, or you traveled together? Probably separately. I would think so. Uh, So you both pull up, and you go to Hoffman's apartment. It's up on the third floor. We'll say it's apartment 3C. The key that you have there unlocks the door. Inside of the relatively small apartment, it's spartan and kind of grim. There's a patina of cigarette smoke along the walls, but other than that, it doesn't really feel like someone lived there. There's very little in the way of furniture. 
There is a well-worn couch here in the living room that the door opens up to with a very small television that sits on the floor right in front of it. There's a small table next to the couch that has a stack of mostly completed crossword puzzle books and some issues of Sports Illustrated and Reader's Digest and a box of powdered sugar donuts. There's a kitchen off to the left, a short hallway with two bedrooms attached to it, and a bathroom. We should probably look for the obvious things first, but I'm sure there are hidden components. Well, that's, that's probably right. While Esme is talking, I pull out my phone to see if there's any Wi-Fi or cell signals coming from anywhere in the room. Uh, like you're able to get cell reception there doesn't seem to be any sort of electronic security here if that's what you're looking for right right you have the equipment that you need and the know-how to realize that you don't have to worry about any sort of networks or security cameras or anything here in the apartment and you didn't really see any security cameras outside of this apartment either so i want to go turn the tv on to see what the last uh, channel was it looks like he has just a basic cable on fox news mm, figures but i turn it off yeah i turned to esme so i guess want to just split up rooms or we just kind of do walk around together what do you want to do we should split up less time i mean we only got 48 hours better get it in i suppose <laughs> So there's this room that you can look through. There's the kitchen off to the left. And then there's a hallway where it looks like there's two bedrooms and a bathroom. I'll go over to the kitchen. In the kitchen, it's mostly bare. There's a smattering of cans, pans, and boxes. On the refrigerator, there is a crudely drawn picture of a human figure that says Grandpa on it and signed with Cassie and there's two gold stars on it and that's hanging on the fridge it looks like this guy's been pretty much just eating out the cans so judgmental there's a little bit of a layer of dust on the stove and on the pans themselves doesn't look like he's cooked very much recently you spend a few minutes looking through the cabinets and you don't find any boxes of files squirreled away or anything like that what are you looking through, Esme? Well, uh, Cindy's looking through all of this. I think I'm going to go into the first bedroom. The first bedroom that you come to is on the left side of the hallway. And it seems to be being used as an office and for storage. There's a desk and a bunch of filing cabinets. Start going through the desk. There is a lot of information here in this room. It looks like this man was very thorough in documenting everything that happened in his life, and he held on to these records. It's going to take a long time for you to sift through all this information to make sure that you're not missing anything. And we can just take all of it. So there's like five filing cabinets they probably weigh about 500 pounds each. There's two of us and we have 48 hours. <laughs> so you're just going to steal the... I'm pretty sure that the uh, the heirs would realize that the filing cabinets were missing if you just took the whole things. Just take the papers. We'll take all of the contents of the filing cabinet. We could always get some, some fake paper, put that in there. They won't know the difference. Blank paper? <laughs> just, <laughs> just fill these filing cabinets with blank, empty paper. <laughs> Everybody thinks their parents are going crazy and they'll just have some extra indication of it. Yep. Or they'll think you was a super spy, though, and we don't want to bring any additional investigation. They're like, ooh, invisible ink or something, you know. You know how people are. Can go ahead and do that. Let them have a little science experiment. It'll be fun. They obviously got kids. Yeah. <laughs> I call from the kitchen. Yeah, I'm not finding a whole lot in here. What what you got in there? Uh, office. There seems to be just a lot here. I'm gonna go through it, but that's gonna take a long while. Yeah, you've got plenty enough accounting, Esme. 
you're used to going through files as part of your job in the hospital. You have a good feeling that with your knowledge, having that is going to cut the time in half. It would probably take only about three hours if you both went through it. Okay. It would just be to find the stuff that we got to get that's related to Delta Green or whatnot. To see if there is any. Yeah, to systematically go through it and make sure that there's nothing that could be seen as evidence of the conspiracy. It would take both of you about three hours. I'm guessing I'm like sort of standing in the doorway. We're chatting about that. So we're like, okay, well, it'll take us about three hours to clear this room. So, uh, well, why don't we see what we got in store for us in this other bedroom? I'm going to walk down toward the other bedroom door. The bedroom at the end of the hall has a queen-size bed in it with a dresser. On top of that, you see photographs of an old man with his wife. You also see high school graduation pictures of two kids and a few photos of what you assume to be Cassie. Next to that is a ceramic paperweight of a child's handprint with the name Cassie, age four, crudely painted on it. You can go through the dresser fairly quickly and see that it's just got a bunch of musty cigarette-smelling clothes. I'm gonna look under the bed and under the mattress. You don't find anything worth talking about underneath there. Find a box full of porno mags. Ew. Ooh, nice. Hot diggity. <laughs> uh, I take a I take a picture for uh, for my records. They are definitely vintage. I pull up my phone. You said I can get signal, right? And I I see how much these are going for on eBay. (laughs) You could probably get a good $800 for the box of them. All right. I sort of file that away as a mental note and push the box back (laughs) into that. (laughs) I want to take a closer look at that handprint you mentioned. Are they really worth that much if they've been used? Vintage. (laughs) There's a niche market for that. niche. What do you want to know about that handprint? I want to get a sense of how old it is. Does it smell as much like cigarettes as the other stuff? It's clearly newer. It's probably a couple of years old. And how many fingers are on the hand? (laughs) All all eight. No, all all five. All eight? That's what I thought. Did you just forget how many fingers? (laughs) (laughs) It's got the normal amount of five fingers. (laughs) Oh, there's six digits? I knew you were going to quibble that. I fucking knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so it is a regular, is it a human handprint? Is that what you were trying to say, Jeremy? It is a handprint of a human child, age four. Human child. And which, is it left or right? Or are they ambidextrous? You're not sure. I'm not sure. I'm a computer <laughs> scientist. I've got a PhD. I know. I could tell, I'm sure. It looks like a left hand, which it makes you assume that it must have been from a right hand because it's the hand print. Oh, that's a that's a good point. <sighs> How deep is it actually? <laughs> okay, so we're gonna move I on. I feel like he's been talking so much about Cindy. It's got to be there's something here. Could be something here. Tabitha, uh, Esme sticks her head and says, "How are you doing?" I'm like, I'm ho- just holding this this hand print. I'm like, this has <laughs> got to be important. <laughs> Right, so I'm going to invoke your disorder amnesia, and you have forgotten about the handprint. Oh, I'm just, I'm just well, kidding. That's I forget about it while disorders. I was holding it. Uh, did, that did that is not how disorders right work in this game. No, you didn't. Right. Esme, what are you doing while Cindy is manically obsessing over this uh, child's handprint? I'm going to investigate the bathroom. I'm going to put on the gloves that I carry with me everywhere I go. And then check out the bathroom. Inside the bathroom, you see that it's in a disturbed state. The towel rack is broken. The shower door is cracked. And there's a few fragments of a broken ceramic toothbrush holder swept into a corner. You smell a faint trace of a corpse. It's interesting. Uh, investigate the cabinet. Inside the cabinets, you see a bunch of heart medication, as well as a bunch of assorted toiletries and medicines. Like, what kind of heart medications are we talking about? Like, things that you would take for high blood pressure and cholesterol. 
Are there any pieces in the walls or floor or ceiling? You spend probably about 15 minutes poking around in here and don't find any secret compartments. All right. Have we read the uh, coroner's report? No, you weren't given the coroner's report. Were we told how he died? Nope. We didn't ask. Right. Nope. I'm going to text our handler. He had a heart attack. One that kills you. <laughs> Jeremy, please. I start typing in a message to our handler asking if he was polydactyl, and I decide to delete it. <laughs> <laughs> Their message, they say they died here in the apartment? Yes, he died in the apartment. Was it in the bathroom? It was in the bathroom. You solved the, the death. Crowbar. That's where it probably would have happened. I've left the bedroom. We've looked at both bedrooms, the kitchen, and the bathroom. Is there anything else in the apartment? We snoop around the um, living room thoroughly? Uh, Hanging next to the door, you see a ring of keys. Oh, I want to investigate the keys to see if one's like a storage unit. Get the keys. There's not very many keys on there, and they all actually have labels on them. One says home, one says truck, and one says cabin. Ooh, cabin. Where's his cabin? I'm texting our handler asking where his cabin is. She responds, he had a cabin. You need to figure out where that is then. I'm going to step outside and see if I see a truck nearby. Yeah, there's an old F-150 parked outside. I grab the keys and I tell Esme I'm going to go check out his truck and I'll be back. All right, I'm going to look for information about the cabin in the office. That seems like that would be where any information on that would be. Start going through the office. You start going through the office, uh, Cindy, you're able to get to the truck and get into the truck. It's got a impressively high mileage on it. Seems like he's kept this thing running for a while. What in particular are you looking for? Before I get in, I want to take a quick look at the tires to see if they look like they're drivable. They look drivable. I'm going to look in the back seat first. Does it have a cab with two rows of seats or just one? Just the one. I'll get in the, the driver's side seat. First, I'm going to look around. It's an F-150. There's going to be a small space behind the seat for just general storage. Okay. I don't know if Jeremy knew that and is hiding something back there or not. I didn't know. I just figured this guy I would have a truck. I promise you Jeremy so. had no idea what a truck was, what trucks <laughs> there are, and that's just the one they advertise on television the most. <laughs> Am I right, Jeremy? That's correct. Yeah, I figured this guy would have a truck, so hey. Let's give him a truck. The only ones these <laughs> are F-150s, so. He watches Fox News oh, as uh, a F-150. So. <laughs> the, fo- the F in F-150 stands for Fox News. Just the special Fox News edition? Does it have, like, a Bob O'Reilly, <laughs> like, uh, horn? That, no, surprisingly, it has, like, anime waifu decals on the sides of it. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. All right. It's Saber from Fate Stay Night. He's a Saber <laughs> stand. <laughs> Great. I mean, what the hell? Well, you said it has pretty high mileage, right? It has high mileage. I'm going to plug that number into my cipher solver to see if it, it has a secret Bible code meaning. Uh, <laughs> does it? You are not able to find any information out of this truck. This man has a truck. That is the information that you have. So he has There's a truck in the and he drives around. The... There's a shovel in the back. That seems important in Jeremy. <laughs> That's it? There's a shovel in the back. There is jumper cables and tools to use to work on the car or on the truck behind the seat. Nothing out of the ordinary. He doesn't like have a pistol hidden in there or anything like okay. that. I'm going well, to check, check eBay to see right. how much a truck like this goes for. Then I'm going to head back inside. Three dollars cash. And it's full of porno mags. <laughs> <laughs> this truck is probably worth more as scrap just because of how old and how much mileage it has. It's like three thousand dollars, maybe. So if you get the dealer drunk first. I'm gonna head inside and help Esme. You're able to sort through Boffman's uh files and you don't find anything that has to do with Delta Green's files. You do find uh, papers for Boffman's cabin, which is located outside of Decatur, Tennessee. Okay. 
off of Chickamauga Lake. It's about three and a half hours driving. And it's about 6.30 right now. Probably closer to 7. Yeah, it's probably closer to 7. Because it took y'all three hours to sort through all the files. I think through a drive through get some dinner, head over to this cabin. Don't find anything else. No, you don't find anything. You know that this guy has this cabin. You are reasonably certain, considering the state of his affairs, that he doesn't own any other property anywhere or a undisclosed storage unit or anything like that. You're pretty sure that he has this cabin. It could be that's where he's keeping any records that he might have. He doesn't have any records here, for sure. I'm going to head over there. So you're going to go there tonight? Well, let's see. When did I? When did we drive in? It took me all day previous day. Um, yes, you're still fairly fresh. It's going to be 10, 10.30 by the time you get to this cabin. But it's a cabin, so you could sleep there. What, what do you think, Esme? Uh, let's go. Go to this cabin. I'm going to propose that we stay at a hotel somewhere near there, but we don't go straight to the cabin. We'll go to the cabin in the morning. So let's do that. We'll stay at a... (laughs) Why, though? Why? Because I don't want to go to some creepy cabin in the middle of the night. (laughs) That's what the game wants us to do. Can't you see? I actually say that as character. (laughs) We have, like, pre-existing madnesses. I have a pre-existing madness. (laughs) I do have amnesia. I think that considering the time in which to investigate this, we're only going to have tomorrow. So if anything takes a particularly long time, I'm a physician. I'm used to not sleeping anyways. So. I guess if we should go straight there. Although I figured that, I guess his family probably doesn't know about his cabin. So we would have to be worried about them I'd imagine up at any time after that 48-hour warning. Sure, let's just go straight to the cabin then. Let's go get eaten by some ghosts. Key ghosts. Yay, ghosts. Hungry, hungry ghosts. As long as they're not spooky robot ghosts. Let's go ahead and go to the cabin then. Decatur does have a 24-hour McDonald's, so we can stop there and grab some food. I'm fine with that. for joining us here at KSL. Really excited to bring this to everyone. If you like what you're hearing here, feel free to check out some of our other stuff. You can check out John's website, jonathancush.com. Check out some of his uh, research and film essays that he has up there. Tabitha, she's got her Etsy store, uh, Quiet Nova, over there at Etsy. And she's going to be at Comic-Con at the BJCC in Birmingham coming up this year. So go by, check out, and say hi to her. And of course, I've got my novel up on Amazon right now. Uh, We'll have links to all of that in the episode description. So if you like what you're hearing, uh, please just go ahead, take a look at all of that stuff. Uh, I definitely also want to do a shout out to Art Dream, the lovely people who made this game Delta Green. Uh, They've been working on it for a long, long time, and it's one of my favorite games, so I'm happy to run some of this for my bro and my wife, and for you guys. Hope you guys enjoy hearing it. Um, Also, our intro song, Mission Ready by Ketza. Check them out at Ketza at Bandcamp. Anyway, uh, just wanted to say one more time, thanks for joining us, and I hope you enjoy what you're hearing. Talk to you later. to this cabin. It's a one-story building. It's at it's a shed off to the side in front of which you heard. There is a 
outhouse behind the cabin. Did y'all drive here together? Or- uh, separate. separate. I imagine separate. I see little car pop up. Can I can I choose what color my car is? Yes. <laughs> I just drew my car. It's invisible. Oh jeez. <laughs> what see all these doing? rectangles I'm drawing? I I sure do. I don't know how to get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just pretend that didn't happen. That's more car like. This car is 20 feet long and 10 feet wide, but it looks right. Right. So, but there should be two of them. I thought y'all drove, drove together. Separate. We both said we drove right. separate. Because okay. we don't okay. trust anyone. Why don't you ever listen to your wife? Because I was busy trying to find a car for you guys. <laughs> I'm sure that's a police car, but I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> that is a police car. Both <laughs> as a doctor. Here, we'll go with this one. Alright, so Tabitha, there's your car. Solar powered and it hovers. There's no way that car got up these country roads. <laughs> Alright, so I'm gonna go in the shed. Inside the shed, you see! 20 one gallon cans, yes. 20 yes. one gallon yes. cans. 20 one gallon cans of gasoline. I wanna check to see if they are full or empty. They are all full. It's you kind said of a 21 ca- gallon. Right, so there's 21 gallons in total? Yes, there are 20 gallons total, because there are 20 cans, and each can holds one gallon. Right. I don't think they make one-gallon gas cans, but we're just going to go with it. There are 20 cans with one gallon in them. It's a puzzle. Should I be taking notes? A shed locks behind you. You are now in an escape room. You have all of the clues. I, I pull out a mat. Uh, no, I don't really. I'll leave the shed. Esme, see if you can move that token around now. I think that I gave you control of that token. There should be a doctor standing in front of your car. I don't see a token. Oh, My computer's I have a doing token. a weird thing. As I'm trying to see whether... I'm... Cannot do anything to that Cannot token. Cannot do anything to that token. Okay, controlled by all players. Nope, that's just gonna let... John troll everyone if I let him control all of the things. <laughs> no, I, I, I was not trying to troll people. Uh-huh. I'm sure. Okay, so see if you can control that token now. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a doctor and a scientist. So let's see what sort of... That is the exact same token. Make me like a dog or something. I'm not going to make you a dog. You're already a dog. I do like how as soon as I told Jeremy, like, I've got limited time left. He's like, hold on. Let me take, like, ten minutes (laughs) to find the perfect icons for this storytelling adventure. Can I go take a nap? You find these 20 gallons of gasoline in the shed. What do you do? Leave the shed. Leave the shed. I'm going to look in the shed and one up. Is there anything else in this shed other than all of this gasoline? There is basic lawn care equipment. Yeah, there's an electric weed eater and an assortment of other tools. I walked around behind. Back behind the cabin, there's a little wooded area. I'm going to continue walking down. Eventually, as you get further down, you see a mound of dirt in the woods behind the cabin. Looks like someone's been digging a hole back here. Okay. Well, I'll keep that in mind. I'm going to come in. Okay, you're coming in? Yeah, I was going to come in that back entrance. Inside the cabin, you find a body. No. So you find a pretty well-appointed cabin, but it doesn't look like anyone's been out here for at least two months. It's quiet, and there's more than a few cobwebs. I'm going to investigate the kitchen area that looks like I'm in. As you're investigating the kitchen, you see a letter on the counter that should pop up for you guys now. Hoffman's letter. Do you see it? You want to read it out? Go ahead and read it. Human may concern. If you are reading this note, I can assume I've died or become incapacitated before I had the courage to complete my final mission. You will find about 20 gallons of gas in the shed behind this cabin. Pour it into the septic tank behind the cabin and ignite it. You'd be happier if you didn't look inside. Please make sure that the remains are kept from my children. I am so sorry. God, please forgive me. 
Clyde Burlman. Well, I'm definitely looking inside. Yeah, it does look like his signature is with a potentially a different pen than the rest of it. I don't really know if that matters. Probably not. Well, I found that in the kitchen, and I'm I'm sure I mentioned to Esme what I saw outside. I'm gonna go over like the dining room, looking around in there. You find more signs that no one's really been out here for a while. So should we go investigate the septic tank or whatever? Well, if you continue to investigate the cabin, eventually one of you will look under the bed and find a Vietnam-era metal footlocker stowed underneath the bed. Boy. I want to try and open it. Okay. Do I die? Uh, no, you don't die. You find a glass sphere about three centimeters in diameter. You also find a cardboard box inside, like Amazon size, like that standard shipping. There are several reel-to-reel tapes labeled with FBI evidence tags dated 15 August 72 all the way up to 29 September 72. You find three tear gas grenades they look to be about 20 years old, and a large iron knife. It has a relatively new bone handle. Bone. Bone. Human bone? The thickness of a child's hand? Do you know anatomy? I know anatomy. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a card from a human bone. Right there's a femur. Oh, really? All right, well, while I'm thinking about it, I'm going to go into film canisters out to the car. All of this stuff needs to be removed. Probably not a bad idea. Then we should probably sleep, I'm guessing. Do we investigate this yet? There's nothing else of interest inside the cabin. Y'all are able to look it over pretty well. There is a functioning bathroom in here, which, Cindy, it definitely seems odd that there is both an outhouse and bathrooms. I was thinking that, yeah. Not really. Depends on when it was built. Well, you know... Not to get too uh, out of game, out of character here, but like the weapon had both multiple bathrooms and also multiple outhouses. I'm going to go to the outhouse, I guess. Uh, it does not seem like it has been used for the last couple of months, but it definitely has been used. The cabin has running water. While you're inspecting the cabin, you realize that the plumbing from the cabin does not lead to the septic tank. It once did, but everything in the cabin has been disconnected from the septic tank. When you run the water, it just kind of puddles. That's interesting. All right. I don't know. I guess I've got to either follow his instructions and fire to the septic tank, which is probably violate some sort of regulations, or do something else. I vote burn it. And burning it would probably be the best way to survive this night, day, game. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a good plan to me then. It also wouldn't tell us what that is. We're burning. That's right. It wouldn't. I'm gonna go look. Alright. Look in the hole. I'm gonna stop you from looking in the hole. <laughs> At the bottom of this shallow pit you see the hatch for a septic tank the earth piled around it indicates that it's been exposed for years it is uncovered but had locked from the outside the handle and the hinges seem to be well oiled there is a uh, another key on this key ring that looks like it will fit that padlock we have to open it anyways if we're going to pour gasoline into it. Just pee and it's down sure, there. Sure, why not? Probably going to eat us if we do, but I mean, that's why you play a Delta Green game. <laughs> I play Delta Green games specifically to die. <laughs> I put a little ninja icon on my character, and now I'm going to go down into unlock the thing. You're able to unlock it. Yeah, no, no problems there. It unlocks perfectly fine. And then I'm heading to go get the gasoline. <laughs> and Esme, if you want to look down there, you definitely can. I'm, I'm peering. What do my elven eyes see? Keep in mind that it's about 11.30 in the middle of the night in these Tennessee woods. It's fairly dark, so you're looking into a pit. 
and you can't really see a bottom to it. There was an inspection ladder, but it looks like it's been removed. I'm going to use the flashlight function on my phone. There is a shallow layer of water about six feet down. It seems to be a massive septic tank for a cabin this size. And you turn your light on, you hear something start to splash from deeper down in the tank. Got a couple of gallons of gasoline on me, and I call it to Esme. And hey, you want me to start pouring? Wait just a minute. Bring him over here. All right. I head back for some more. <laughs> I have the gasoline on hand. I definitely have several boxes of matches I grabbed out of the cabin. Mm-hmm. You hear a voice. H- Hello? Is is someone there? Oh, I'm going to yell out. It, is, it, is it Maddie? Is that you, Maddie? Who's Maddie? It's the name of his grandchild. And Cassie? Same difference. <laughs> Dumb name. <laughs> <laughs> See a glint of eyes at the bottom of the hatch. One thing I did find kind of fun, they give you an option of like what camera you want to use if you have multiple cameras to broadcast. I got a new laptop recently, and it has a IR camera on it, so I can broadcast the infrared image of my face. You want to? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. It's, it's real weird. <laughs>